Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 320 on Tuesday, the 7th of April, 2020. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And this week, we'll be still scratching our heads to work out how to compensate those who haven't lost anything. We gaze on in admiration at those who can compare an unprecedented event with, well, anything. And we get advice on how to store your car from a man who knows a thing or two about that. But first, let us get into the compensation case that is being done in the UK. And it has passed the first hurdle for those claiming that a Volkswagen owes them compensation for the defeat emissions device that was within certain engines. Judge David Wakesman, Wakesman, Waxman. 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 I think, I guess. Uh, but he has basically said that the device that was within Volkswagen's um, software and engines was in fact a defeat device. So therefore, they are, and I'm quoting here, liable to the group claimants. It doesn't determine liability. It's just they basically have a case to answer in court. It's mm-hmm. it's worth progressing to court to thrash through the details. Obviously, the lawyers who are fighting this who are what was their company again uh, slater and That's gordon it. is the name who are actually sort of who are are heading the group litigation yeah they were saying this proves they're awful along those lines basically give us the money now settle out of court Wah! is essentially what they said at the end of this so yes volkswagen obviously disagree but yeah, well, Vol- Volkswagen says what we've been saying, which is they didn't suffer any loss. So how are they? How are they? Uh, how are they entitled to damages? This stage isn't that bit though. They disagreed no. that it was a defeat device, but the judge said, "Well, it's been agreed elsewhere, e.g., Germany, that it was a defeat amongst other places in Europe that it was a defeat device. So it is a defeat device." <laughs> End of. Mm-hmm. That is technically true. but yeah. we always thought. It still didn't break the EU testing rules at the time. No, exactly. It breaks them now, but yeah, not at the time. that was that caveat was thrown in afterwards. Funnily enough, but so mm. anyway, uh, VW's lawyers have got it wrong at this stage, and we'll have to wait till either the end of this year or early next year for it to go to the next stage where they start having arguments about. Yeah, well, you haven't actually lost anything, so what you can't claim, go away. Oh, yes, we have lost. We've lost, ooh, gazillions. And the emotional damage and everything else that's going to be thrown at it and possibly agreed with by the judge or not. <laughs> we'll see. Depends who the judge is. Yeah. We'll um, by the way, don't, don't bother looking at the comments below the autocar story that will be linked in the... Uh, in the show notes, it gets silly from the from at least at the second one at best. Yeah, it's just yeah. Never never scroll to the bottom half of the internet, folks. <laughs> That's a fine example of it. <laughs> ah, great. Right, if you're a key worker, there is a new website that has been set up by a company called Kazana, uh, who are a company that list garages and try and engage you and the garage together. Uh, uh, normally by letting you book services through them. However, this time they're letting you go straight to the garages. Uh, and the website is called keyworkergarages.co.uk. Uh, you can type in your postcode, or you can just hit the use your current location if you want the GPS spies on you. Uh, and then click search, and it will list the closest garages to you that are currently uh, open for business. 
ironically i typed in my postcode hit the button and it was my friends at be cool acs in kettering that came up as the very first entry that still means that in a straight line it's seven miles away um it's actually further if you drive mm-hmm. uh, so there's there's nothing listed in corby if your business is um is open if you're a garage who is open but you can't find yourself. The first box they have on here is can't find your business, and they let you submit your business information for free uh, so good. that you can actually get in there. And it does encourage people to ring the garages first because their opening times may not be normal. Uh, well done, Kazana, for taking the initiative and very quickly building this nice, simple website Yes, uh, for this. So that's keyworkergarages.co.uk. If you're not sure whether you're a key worker or not, it has a link to the Gov.Uk uh, advice that tells you whether you're a key worker, but I would imagine that by now you've probably got a pretty fair idea if you are or not. Yes, I think so. Right, from necessary trips to unnecessary trip, and this is the news that in this week's People Are Idiots article, a man was fined for a 240-mile round trip to, quote, buy bread. A chap from Nottingham uh, was pulled over by the police on Sunday at 20 to 11 at night after he um, had gone to London where he claimed the bread... No, that's well, that that's not why he was pulled over. He was pulled over for doing 110 on Sorry, the M1. Yes. That was the initial reason he was pulled over. And then when they had a chat with him, one of the questions was, why are you out, sir? Oh, we see you have your two young children in the car. And he said, well, the... the the bread in London was a pound cheaper. This is going to have been a very expensive loaf of bread in the end of this. Not just for that initial 60 quid health protection regulations fine. Well, it was already an incredibly... Without being stopped, it was an incredibly expensive loaf of bread. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, this this is just a, a num- one of a number of stories out there of people being silly and doing unnecessary journeys at a time when we really shouldn't be uh, there was uh, Shropshire police tweeted out about somebody being in an RS6 or RS4 caught doing over 160 mile an hour down the A5 which is just so ridiculously stupid it beggars belief there was a tweet from Northamptonshire uh, road policing pointing out that just because there was less traffic didn't mean the speed limits were any different no exactly and then there was two uh, two chaps on scramblers from the Wirral who went deep into north wales with no license no mot's who tried to evade the police and then were being self-isolated in cells <laughs> oh, right. and no longer had their non-legal scrambler bikes but it, it's daftness like that that means the rest of us are just going to be stuck inside. We're all yes, we're all it, not it going is. to be allowed out. It will be as simple as that. If you're listening to this, the chances are you're not being a moron no. anyway. No. That's me gifting and, and, and assuming a certain level of intelligence in our listeners. I think it's fair to be uh, able to do that, though. I think it is, actually. On this occasion, I'll be nice to the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A few weeks ago, uh, months ago now, actually, uh, we talked about the Give Peas a Chance bridge uh, over the M25, and I was getting quite grumpy, and I was still quite grumpy that it was sw- that it was changed to Helch a Chance, uh, whoever or whatever Helch is, and his 
ubiquitous graffiti on on uh, bridges in the southeast of England. It's all been painted over. Somebody's done it. I don't know how they do it in the middle of the night or anything because you're like clinging on over four lanes of M25. Uh, but they have painted it, and it now says "Thank you NHS" in blue and uh, blue and white. Yes, if you're going to have graffiti, it might as well be decent positive graffiti. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry, there is a a, a Facebook group which supposedly has more than 9,000 followers, because that's a wonderful way to to, to judge the, the value of a Facebook group. Mark P. Summers, admin of the group, said this is the greatest thing to happen to the bridge since it was messed with by Helch over 18 months ago. We're super happy and wish this to stay forever. Uh, supposedly P's, by the way, according to this BBC article anyway, and this, this answered a couple of questions for me, uh, was reported in the name of a London graffiti artist who daubed his name on the M25s only Edwardian Bridge. The give and a chance were added later. With the amended graffiti, it says here, thought to refer to his frequent arrests, according to the historic building report by Oxford Archaeology. I, I do love that it was a historic building report into into graffiti on a bridge over a motorway. Yes. Um, which I think, well, I think it's kind of cool. But uh, there we go. <laughs> right, it's the start of the month. So you know what that means. It's the start of the month, and rarely I get two stories in a row, in case anybody's, you know, keeping tally at home. Yeah, the registration figures are completely mucked up, naturally, for March. Uh, not as bad as they're going to be for April, but totally messed up for March. Uh, overall number of registrations is down 44.4%. I'm gobsmacked it's only that. <laughs> I'm uh, Yeah, I'm quite surprised. Uh, remember, of course, March, it was the uh, start of the 20 uh, registrations, and uh, and it was two and a half weeks into the month before where the, the lockdown kicked in, well, a little bit more than that. So, you know, it was one of the busiest times of the year for registrations, and the majority happened at the start of the month because everybody wants to show off their 20 plates. It's it's what it is. Loads of people registered EVs, uh, as we'll find when we get to the top 10. Uh, that was up 197%. Mild hybrid diesels. So diesels are big starter motors. Uh, we're up uh, 241%. Mild hybrid petrol's up 86%. Diesel and petrol, I mean, diesel down 60%, petrol down 50%. Yeah, whatever. Best sellers. Again, an odd month for these things because, of course, it's, it's uh, laden with vehicles which were, were all which, the type of vehicles that would be, all be lined up and ready waiting for the 20 plate to come through. Yep. So Range Rover Evoque is in there at number 10, 4399. Other, which is the Tesla Model 3. I've seen a load of explanations for this. We might as well give it here as well. Uh, the reason is that Tesla don't like to publicize the number of registrations they have in sort of different territories around the world. Uh, therefore, it is only one model, and it is the Model 3 in this case. It's just everybody knows it, but for some reason, but because of this way that the Tesla insists that people report stuff or don't mention them in reporting, then it's just listed as other, despite the fact we all know it's the Tesla Model 3. Anyway, it's 4,718. It's a decent number in any normal yeah. month, uh, to be honest. Uh, Kia Sport, there must have been a boat in. Uh, Kia Sportage, uh, 4,988. A Class, 
5351, Corsa5820, Kashkai5907, Focus5985, Mini6019, Fiesta6687, Volkswagen Golf7103. Those will be the start of the Mark 8s, the ends of the Mark 7s, possibly getting pre-registered, but we're not going to say that. No. It's less likely to be pre-registered, really, at start March. Year today goes Polo, BMW 3 Series, Kia Sportage, Mini, A-Class, Qashqai, Corsa, Focus, Golf, and then Fiesta at the top. <laughs> so yeah, odd mix. If you look at those, they tend to be that there's an awful lot of never-never cars on there, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. PCP-tastic. Mm. There is. There uh, is. Right, let's go to the spreadsheet of Doom, and everyone, just to, just to warn you, we are not going through the Doomy bits, because... On the spreadsheet, they are changing of colours between light pink through to so dark it's almost black. He's not actually been nerdy enough to do that. No. He has only covered just about everything pink. So just quickly, Alpines, obviously a batch of right-hand drives being built, up 18% with 26 cars. MG, up 50%, 2,738 MGs were registered there's that great offer with mg and the e and the oh god what's the model called is it the gse the the electric mg suv which is remarkably cheap sorry good value for money so that i think has had a big there was a big push on those at the end of end of february start of march yep. uh porsche are up 12 percent, and other imports obviously because of stuff like the you know 5235 other imports in total which includes Tesla Model 3. So that's up 600 and something percent, is, which is something that we're going to keep on seeing every time that there is a batch of threes enters the country. Yep. There we go. That's it. Yep, done. I don't think we have done that any quicker, ever. There's just no point no. in dwelling on it, really. It- and all those articles that were stupidly trying to compare it to other months, just stop it, please. You, you can't. It's, it's completely incomparable. Oh, it's worse than the last economic crash, really? So we were all told to stay in our homes then as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stop it. Just, it's dull. It's lazy. Don't do it. Yeah, it's it's completely different setup. It's The trouble here isn't that people don't want to buy stuff. And this is general. And it is very much with cars, you know, with cars there. But, but generally, it's not that we don't want to buy stuff. It's that, especially with something like a car, which Amazon don't deliver, (laughs) then you've got to go out and see and poke at it. And so we can't go out and see and poke at stuff. Anything which is variable like that. So I imagine that sofas and soft furnishings and all these kind of sellers of all these kind of things are having a similar issue. Nobody will be selling a house right now. It's all all the same thing. It's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. Uh, However, desks, webcams... Uh, work from home headsets and office chairs. Green screen, so I would imagine as well. <laughs> Green screen. Uh, no, people are just using Zoom backgrounds. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't use Zoom people. It has flaws, and they've admitted some of that as well. Uh, they've had to, yes. This is a company that do have a a history of issues being pointed out that have been deep within the code well off topic here but yes you're right right moving on uh, the department of transport amazingly <laughs> amazingly a week or so ago decided or the uh, secretary of state for transport decided that they would release the document called decarbonizing transport setting the challenge and this is basically outlining where the uk is now where it needs to go and 
areas that they're going to have to focus on in which to help us as a country achieve the targets that we've got for is it 2050 the um uh, the net zero or whatever it is we're all supposed to be doing as as countries something like that i believe so yeah this as obviously with the main story that has taken up the world lately this has sort of slipped under the radar a little bit but this is a biggie for us who like transportation mobility moving around that we're not able to do at the minute and i think that's coming into sharp mm. relief for many <laughs> but it's actually a really interesting document and there's uh, there's 79 pages you don't need to read all 79 pages but there'd be a link in the show notes and i would thoroughly encourage you to read it because there are some interesting bits of information in here there's a few graphs in there which when i looked at them i was like oh i didn't realize that now certain things make sense such as how uh, pages 11 and 12 in your handouts children <laughs> how we felt particularly car owners how we felt that we're being a bit victimized for emissions in this country but if you look at there's a there's a graph and a bar chart representing mm-hmm. two different things but the the graph is showing the level of emissions co2 emissions basically that come from the different sectors of passenger cars, heavy goods vehicles, vans, domestic shipping, bus, rail, that sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. passenger cars, by a country mile, emits the most. Now, it needs to be put into context that obviously there are more car passenger cars on the road than anything else. Obviously, clearly more than rail, more buses than buses, Mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So take that into account. But the difference is so large... It's quite. It was. It, it was really quite stark for me. So I now understand, and I wish the people who'd been suggesting things that need to happen to cars had made that clear, mm-hmm. rather than just going, "You're a car driver, therefore you're murdering the rest of us," which has generally been the approach. If they, depra- if they, or or even you're a, you're you're an internal combustion car driver, you're murdering the rest of us. <laughs> yes, <laughs> true. But uh, if they done, if they taken that tack. I could have understood their perspective a bit better and maybe been prepared yeah. to listen to it a bit more. However, we are, as as passenger car drivers, we are way ahead of everybody else. When it comes to the the bar chart of emissions by mode between 1990 and 2018, the passenger car is still significantly the most. It produces in, in, 20, in 1990, it was 56% of emissions. In 2018, it was 55%. So we're still because the next is HGVs at seventeen percent in twenty eighteen. So we're so we're still the most significant sector in transportation. Beats international aviation, which is thirty seven percent. Second, and then international shipping, which is eight percent. So this is for the total number. This isn't if you are comparing a car to a cruise ship or that sort of thing. This is this is overall. Mm. So we need to bear that in mind um, that that cars do actually cause a problem. We do need to look at it. I I just wanted to explain that because I I was struck by it. On page 13, there's a map, and it's showing percentage of workers usually traveling to work by car and by region. And essentially, if you're not in London, you're traveling by car. If you're in London, it's only just over a quarter of the working population travel by car. 
And that's Greater London as well, yeah. so that's not just you know, Central. Yeah, yeah, it's not just the City of London and all the rest of the stuff. So I really hope that those who will be looking at ways to encourage us to use the car less, whether that's through, what they call it, active travel, which is walking or cycling, active travel mm. or uh, shared mobility or public transport, truly understand actually look why do all these people not within the area of greater london travel by car and we all know many reasons why we don't lack of options cost the reliability how close it is to where we actually want to go all those sort of things mm -hmm. so this uh, hopefully they'll take that into account when the plans and ideas come forward but it, it is really actually very interesting uh, the rest of this this document and it's also interesting to see the areas that they are acknowledging now they need to understand better and look at if we're going to change our behavior because it is a behavior change that's going to be needed yeah i've, I've prattled on quite a lot about this but it, I, I you I, have I, um, prattled on an awful lot but it's a really interesting government document it's not all nice happy reading for us no. but it's I think it's I think it's important for our general understandings of things. If if we understand how other people are looking at this, then we can better express our actual needs and wants to help so the shift that will mm -hmm. happen it still allows us to do things like have a fun drive and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So it's yeah. So we're going to be labelled as some of these these young uh, these young motoring journalisty writery commentator people because I don't like calling us journalists or young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh young. These ones who 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 don't who are anti car and we're not being anti car. Oh, come on, anyone who um, listens to us know we're, we're not realistic. anti car. Well, no, we wouldn't have a flipping podcast about cars if it were. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you would think would be number one. You know, if you're anti-car, you don't become a motoring journalist. Uh, yeah, do something else. Yeah. Go, go do something more, bo uh, less boring instead, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Why don't you? <laughs> yes. Go on, talk to us about tyre pollution then. Uh, tyre pollution is really bad, Andrew. Okay, moving on. It could be. <laughs> it could be. 1,200 times worse than exhaust emissions, which is kind of ties in nicely. Something like that. Our previous story. Our cars have become so clean that our tyres are the new problem. The part of the trouble is our cars have become so clean, they've also become heavier and talkier and all these kind of things, which mean that tyre wear happens significantly more quickly than it did before. And obviously the rubber and the bits that come off your tyre, not necessarily in the fashion shown and illustrated in this motoring research <laughs> article that's linked in the show notes where every single thing has a burnout or a drift happening. Well done, Ethan and the chaps at motoring yeah, research. because that's how we all drive um, all the time. Yeah, yeah, non-stop. Not even, yeah. Although I heard someone doing that earlier on. They're obviously out for their exercise or doing some vital shopping sideways. So it is actually becoming becoming an issue, you know, as, as stickier tyres wear more quickly. It's very difficult to pin down a particular factor because people drive differently. The road surfaces vary, the tyres vary, amount of wear changes as tyres get old, blah, 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 length of journey, type of driving. So there's loads of stuff there. It's not just a, it's, it's not a one solution job 
but it has been identified as something which which people are keeping an eye on and looking to do something about. And there's a far more in-depth article than that linked in the show notes as well. Tired um, technology. Thanks to Alex Grant. Yeah, thanks to Alex Grant for that. Uh, this this study these uh, the study into this has been undertaken by Emissions Analytics, who of course were the company behind the Dieselgate breaking news back in the day. Ah, so these oh this We're is have tire gate this now, is not a company that uh, cannot back up statements. They don't make sort of hmm. they don't release white papers just for a bit of PR. They they research this thoroughly and try to find out the whys and the what fors. Because the other thing that comes into this as well from EA's research is differing tyres degrade at a different rate. So it may be, and this is something that's being looked at to possibly go for consideration, that tyres need a new label and that's uh, how quickly bits will come off them and and even maybe the worst degrading ones which are generally towards the more economical end of the market are banned completely that there will have to be a mm. minimum standard of not producing microplastics and that sort of stuff yeah it's a tough one yeah tough one but it's it's something which is on the horizon yeah. i think it's 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 a horizon scanning one that and and we'll we'll just see how that develops yes, and and the and the loony ev sector need to calm down ea are not trying to they're not anti evs they are just pointing out some facts <laughs> yeah so whenever you use a uh, craziness mode yes you're killers <laughs> Yeah. I say that and I sound like I'm anti-EV tonight and I'm really, really not. No, we know that. But, uh, yeah. we know that. Right, uh, a slightly happier lockdown story. Do you think so? Uh, I do. I think it's sort of... Okay. For for people of a certain age, now, now we're at home, joy, now we're at home with our family, rapturous joy, uh, all the no, time, no. <laughs> for some of us, then uh, there is uh, reports from some companies that they are selling more of the old-fashioned toys like toy trains and that sort of thing and models. Well, as anyone who's watching, who's been in our corner of Twitter, radio-controlled cars has definitely been a thing that has sold more of. <laughs> you mean you mean you mean the reason I can't use my dining table at the yes. moment? <laughs> yes. But in an article from uh, Daniel Puddicombe that's in The Telegraph, they're, they're talking about how they expect uh, the likes of Scale Electric to be to be bought more as well as people get into the slot car racing and the model railways and all this sort of stuff. So because the, uh, parents are trying not to just let kids play Fortnite all the time. <laughs> this sounds like the voice of experience. I, I, okay. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> what you mean that there is it gets to a point you go oh my god they've been in front of the screen all this time quick here's your half hour exercise go <laughs> mm-hmm. so as as we are all trying to adjust to a new temporary norm we other things are being looked at rather than just here's a console or a computer well that was it that's that's the reason why i i got i went and bought a, a radio controlled car kit partly because I've been trying to justify one to myself for about 18 months, <laughs> if not longer. And also the fact that I just needed to do something that was away from a screen for a while. Yeah, yeah, I get that. 
work just like today i have barely moved from this seat but it's it's i just needed something that wasn't computery and that i could do without staring at a screen yeah and that would involve some skill so you know same kind of setup i guess yeah, yeah. there we go be careful some uh, be careful uh, okay this is going to come out wrong be aware that there is a warning about trying not to order too many, make too many orders and stuff to help protect the safety of people who are doing deliveries and to leave bandwidth for said companies to be able to deliver, I guess, more essential stuff to people uh, and that some companies are considering pausing deliveries. Which it just sounded like, get in there quick. It wasn't quite meant that. It was just meant, be aware. This will be calm. Yeah. Yeah, I've got paint arriving tomorrow, Ooh. he says. Having got in there. Yeah. That's the hard bit. The screw, the screwing all the little bolty bits and the little plastic bits together is fine. That's easy. That's okay. The paint, and if you make a mistake, you can undo it. When it comes to painting the polycarb shell, if I muck it up, I've mucked it up. Good luck with that. <laughs> Thanks. Guess what I'm doing this weekend? Ordering a new shell. <laughs> oh, I do hope not. Ooh, I hate to think that much charge me for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It'll be great. It'll be wonderful. Anyway, I'm quite enjoyed doing that kind of stuff. It's 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 actually quite nice. Yeah. Anyway, it's not guilt minute. So, patrons, you should have found that the April amounts didn't come out of your of your accounts uh, on Patreon. May won't. I paused that as well. And let's just see how we're, we're getting on uh, with that. But I would imagine that I'll be pausing June uh, 2. As I said the last couple of weeks, there's so much uncertainty right now supporting us. Really, we, we don't feel that that is hugely 100% important. Uh, what we would like you to do if you if if you are still able and you feel you're able is to take the cash that you would have given to us and to donate it to a relevant and meaningful charity to you uh, if you can't think of a charity then mission motorsport has set up a covid-19 response fund uh, what they're trying to do is put in place the framework that they need to support their beneficiaries remotely uh, and to enable the community and the camaraderie which they have between their uh, beneficiaries and which they manage so well in person to be able to take place uh, online. There is a link to the Virgin Money donation page in our show notes uh, where you can find out some more. Uh, you can obviously use that to donate uh, as well. Mm -hmm. Kindly think about that. Yes. Andrew, in all the YouTube stuff that we've been writing... Forgot one very important race series. There were actually two that I forgot, because I forgot the 3D Bot Maker downhill one as well. Yeah, well, the, the, one that I f the one that I forgot, which I feel very remiss of, is anything to do with rallying, especially as we cover it. <laughs> now, one of the best games out there at the moment is Dirt Rally 2.0. There's loads of there's loads of race race series out there, but recently the uh, Dirt Rally's official World Series finished, and there is a um, there is an actual uh, full playlist on their channel, which I have got linked in the show notes that you can go through and enjoy an awful lot of an awful lot of rallying uh, and some fantastic skill as ever with all of these uh, online racers. There is brilliant level of skill on display um i've tried dirt rally it's uh 
I'm going to say. It's tricky, quite isn't it? hard. Is how I yeah. found it. <laughs> So uh, do click through on that, and uh, I hope you do enjoy it. But add that to the list of racing online to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to, by the way, I'm trying to make a point. I need to go through and just update it. We do have our own YouTube channel, and I'm trying to make sure I follow any of the channels that we talk about uh, with the the Motoring Podcast YouTube channel. So you might want to go there and, and have a look at uh, look at stuff. If you miss any of these, you can go straight to um, youtube.com slash motoring podcast. Uh, and then you, you'll be able to see from our, our subs, who we subscribe to find all these, all these playlists. And mm-hmm. stuff. That's what I'm trying to say. Failing miserably, but that's what I'm trying to say. As, as I commented and, and joked last week, the best way to discover if you've missed it, or if you don't follow all the right YouTube channels and YouTubers is to publish a list of what you do follow. Uh, there will be an update at some point. Probably I'll wait another month or so to just update that with, with all the ones that I seem to have missed, which are good. Not the ones that I seem to have missed, which I've missed intentionally. Because <laughs> I don't really like them. The other thing we've been talking about lots is sim racing. Mm. It's an article by race driver Rob Holland on The Drive. Um, as ever linked in the show notes where he was going to start and he was going to try and set up his own sort of semi-professional sim setup so he could take part in some of these uh these sim races specifically some of the stuff like the nascar the e-nascar yeah i-racing and forza motorsport as well yes thank you e-nascar i-racing was where i was going with that um and he goes through thinking and the logic that it took him to basically to build his own his own sim rig buying decent bits uh building his own pc from scratch purely for this and all the other bits and pieces he needed it cost him eight thousand and eighty five dollars which he says he made the mistake of totting up in front of his other half that is a schoolboy error yes quite just to be clear you can actually get into online racing for an awful lot less <laughs> well that was that is very much in the comments of the, the that the drive article which was like you no know, maybe a couple of hundred dollars maybe it's what you might need maybe um but he's uh, stuff like his his uh wheelbase was one thousand three hundred seventy five dollars his pedals were seven hundred ninety five dollars i mean he he you has know. gone very much top end of the range from the get-go which being a professional race driver i can understand why you would go that way uh but for those mm. looking to explore you want to look for a force feedback steering wheel and pedal set which you're looking probably 150 quid you can get for something like um, that, which yeah. uh logitech side of things which is, which is a great starting point and see if you like it and then if you don't, mm-hmm. you can sell it on for virtually what you paid for it, if not the same. and uh, Or you get good at that and move on, because there's plenty of racers who are at the pointy end of these sim racing leagues that use that sort of equipment. So it's not yeah. just the equipment that will make you quicker. It's the time you have to put into it. Yeah, practice, practice. It's amazing. The more we practice, the quicker you I know. Get who, who'd, who'd have thunk it? I mean, I, I personally yeah. am, uh, really object to the fact that I start a game and I'm not brilliant right away. I, I find that offensive. 
I, I, I actually do get them. <laughs> why do you think I don't play computer games? <laughs> it's why I don't. It's because I just get so frustrated. Anyway, enough about Sims. If we're missing real live rallies because watching people uh, drive electrons uh, doesn't do it for everyone. Uh, it doesn't, for example, do it for me. I've discovered that what does it for me is good commentating. I actually sat and started building my... Um, my oh, it's a Yaris, by the way. Uh, radio controlled car. Drink the yes uh, uh, on Saturday, and I did it to the the delicate sounds of uh, Radio Le Mans mm-hmm. team who were commentating on. They were actually commentating on a three hour rate virtual race around the uh, around the Nurburgring, and it was like, it's the IMSA i Racing Pro Series. Thank you. I'm glad somebody knows the correct names for these things because you sent me the link and I thoroughly enjoyed listening to it. Moving the article up one, we now actually have, because uh, as Alan said, if if you like uh, Radio Le Mans commentary team and you like what they do, they are uh, commentating on an excellent series with some excellent driving in it. And in the show notes will be Eve Hewitt's tweet, which puts out the calendar that goes up to June the 11th this year of the rest mm-hmm. of the Pro Series. Uh, it's it's really good. It's excellent. And if you're listening to the radio, you wouldn't know that it was sim racing. It's just like listening to them on normal commentary. Only when they go, gosh, this is amazing, because one of the chaps had watched a few sim races to get his eye in. And his thing was, it's just so realistic. Mm. The, the only time it gets a little bit tricky is when they go in the pits because yeah. uh, they're having to guess off the time that they're in the pits for what sort of pit stop they're doing. Do you know what I found most impressive, though, Andrew? Go on, then. It was after the race had finished. And I was amazed that these sim racers have absolutely perfected the miserable racing driver voice. <laughs> for sure, yeah, it was a hard race and it didn't all go to plan. And maybe we need to look at our strategy for the next time. But uh, but for sure, yeah, we'll be back and uh, maybe do better the next time. I only came in third. Yep. It's like, come on, lighten up, you git. And it wasn't even a real car you were driving. It's real racing for them, though. It's real. It, it is. And the, yeah, and some of them were obviously chirpier and more human than others. They, they didn't all sound like Nico Rosberg. <laughs> <laughs> Just the dullest man in motorsport. But yes, it was it was remarkably real. Yeah, so they've got even the drivers interview. They've got the the radio, the audio only, but they've also got a YouTube for that as well. So uh, if they, if it interests you and you want to see the GTE style racing, uh, multi class racing, then watch it because obviously the commentary is the top notch. Do you know what I I I kind of had the YouTube channel on. But I was just listening to the commentary because it was just like sitting listening to to Le Mans or to one of the or to one of the GT races that they they commentate anyway, and it was it was great to hear it. It was it was just nice in the background. It made for a very pleasant Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, right? We're waffling yes. lots. I'm so Quick, sorry. Go on the other the other thing for people to watch though. Uh, the other thing for people to watch is VHS Rallies, which is a YouTube channel uh, which has lots and lots of rally reports from the BBC, from right the way through, from the VHS days. The one, one of the most recent here from yesterday was the day two, uh, the late report by William Woolard on the 1986 Lombard RAC rally. Uh, interviews by the lovely Sue, uh, Sue Barker and uh, 
Uh, Sue Baker, pardon me. Is it Sue Baker and Sue Darkness? That's terrible. And I've met Sue Baker and she's lovely. She's so nice. And Barry Gill and stuff. It's it's great stuff. It's proper old school rallying. Uh, Group B, Peugeot 205 T16, blah, 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 blah. Just watch it. Yep. It's great. Absolutely. Cool. Now we've completely messed up the running order. Where are Lunchtime we? Lunchtime read. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lunchtime read. Lunchtime read. It's not very long this week. It's actually on the Canon website. Mm-hmm. And it's all about Drew Gibson, motorsport photographer, and photographing the Ford GT at Spa. And he only had like 20, 25 minutes to do it. He had access to two cars. How was he going to make sure he got all the right shots? And he got some absolutely wonderful shots. Yeah. Do have a little bit of a flick through the the article because it really is, it really is. Rough. Yeah, his his photography is amazing. I, I love looking yeah, at his it's, stuff. It's, it is. It's absolutely it's so much, you know, night racing stuff, shots from Le Mans, shots from Spa. Brilliant. Love it. Absolutely great. Yep. Right, list of the week is from uh, Gary Axon on the Goodwood Road and Racing site, and it is to make us all feel old and worse than we already do in lockdown, 14 cars that are 50 years old this year. Oh, dear. Citroen SM. Yeah. It's actually large. Yeah. Oh, We're not going to run through all of them because you need to look through the list yourself, but... Yes, otherwise you all get grumpy if we do that. <laughs> yes. It's a trip down memory lane, basically. It is to look at some of these, some of these fondly, maybe not the AMC Gremlin, but some of these fondly. <laughs> there's some crackers. There's lots of stuff that I don't really care about. But there's, I mean, there's there's some wonderful stuff too. Yep. Really wonderful stuff from all around the world. Do go have a look at that. Nice one from Goodwood. Yep, it is. Right, and finally us, please, Alan. And finally this week, I wasn't allowed massive capacity roof racks, which is what I wanted to have in the end, finally. that'll be next week. Oh, is that going to be next week? Okay, well, I don't want to give that Spoiler alert. Uh, Spoiler alert. Uh, Unless we find something else, of course. Mm -hmm. This week, it's uh, How to Keep Your Car in Storage uh, by Harry Metcalf. Uh, It's from from Harry's Garage. There is a... Because he has so many cars, he's actually quite good at this kind of thing. Um, but yes, there is a video about what you should do to keep your car in storage and stop it getting getting damaged by just not being used. Yeah, exactly. So I thought thought we'd put something useful out for a change. <laughs> so that was the whole point of the and finally is that it isn't something useful. Yeah, but the rest of this <laughs> rest of the news was <laughs> apart yeah. from we'll go and watch this on YouTube after we've said now do something that doesn't involve staring at a screen. <laughs> Brilliant. I know. By us. Oh well. As ever. Yes. As ever. <laughs> We've, we've thought this one out so well. <laughs> Before we finish this time around, special edition was out last Friday, the Hyundai i10 launch. Yes. Hear a man worry about trapping a car in some sand. It's all very funny <laughs> until you said that there was a many as many things were taken into consideration before before taking those pictures. <laughs> uh, what, Not enough. What else? Uh, don't forget that there's also uh, the back catalogue reviews there. There may be one or two that you haven't listened to. Uh, who's a good person? Let's let's pick someone off the top Tom of our head. Oh, Tom Ford's a good one. That That's only a shortish one, mm. too, because he was on his way to do something adventurous, yes. as usual. I, I couldn't uh, pin so him yes. down for three hours or something. <laughs> no. Uh, so so Tom Ford is a good one. Yes, do have a go. Do do go have a, a wee listen to that. If you want to access any of our special editions, there is now a button at the top of our site uh, in the, the the sort of menu bar there, which will just bring you back a cur- 
I was going to say curated. It's not really curated. It runs on the query. Uh, and it brings back a list of just the special editions. So if you do want to stream those from the site, you, you can do that. Sadly, I can't make that a separate feed for iTunes. I've looked and looked and looked, and I just can't do it, I'm afraid. Okay. Which brings us right to the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Unless I've missed anything. Nope. Don't forget that between now and next week, you can give us any feedback. Share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Don't forget about the uh, Mission Motorsport COVID-19 appeal, which you can find the details of in our show notes. As far as the podcast is is concerned, don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. It really does make a big difference, etc., etc., etc. Andrew, what's the best way that people can get in touch with you? Best way for people to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If they search for Crack Windscreen, they should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to know more about your painting technique or fear of painting technique, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you before you tackle your WRC Yaris radio-controlled car? Um, Yeah, I'm just slightly terrified, to be honest. Uh, It's via Twitter. I'll be giving updates as I go along uh, on on occasion. I don't want to bore everyone with it. I don't want to turn it into a content production project, because it's really not about that. It's about building the thing. But uh, but yeah, do it on Twitter. I'm at AJP Bradley, B-I-A-D-L-E-Y. We will be back before very long. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe staying at home.